This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays. Except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now, even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss. Your host, this podcast is sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can get a special offer for new users, a six-month RotoWire subscription with just a $10 deposit on FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. This is Chris Liss, the host of the East Coast Offense Podcast, and as usual, I'm joined by Dalton Del Don, and uh, we got some bad news today in the mail, Dalton. Oh, yeah, what was that? Uh, we're getting booted from Germany in two months. Oh, that's that's a done, nothing, to ch- you can't change that, really. Well, so we're getting booted, but here's what I did is I found, like, the head of the whole immigration department online and wrote a letter to her, and that probably won't work, but here's the thing. Here's my belief in life. Like, so they make you jump through all these hoops. You got to go to the stupid office and you got to figure out which category to apply under. And if you apply under the wrong category, then they'll say, you can't do it for this reason. And then you say, well, actually we meant to apply under that category. So you apply under the other category and they say, well, the thing is my other colleague rejected you and I have to stand with that. And so basically like ever since we applied from LA and didn't really know what we we're supposed to do, just sort of did what the German consulate told us to do. Um, we, and got rejected remotely, that has been like the death sentence. Like every time we try to reapply, they're like, yeah, but you already got rejected. So I don't see any reason to change that. It's like, so a you would have been way better off. You'd have been way better off not even applying to a hundred percent, but you can understand right. why we wanted to apply because we wanted to lock it in before we left. Right. We wanted to know, we thought we were going to get it because people at the consulate were like, oh yeah, you'll get this. No problem. So we were like, yeah, not only does it seem like it's an easy thing, but of course we wanted to know before we moved, right? But by that time, by the time we got rejected in LA, they were like, oh, it'll be easier if you just do it there. And we'd already rented out our house and booked the flights and everything else. Then we got here and it was not easier. It was just as hard. But that initial rejection keeps coming up as the reason for subsequently rejecting us. I wrote this letter to whatever they had. They're not going to read it, maybe. But I was like, look, you know, 
it's ridiculous that we got we didn't even know what criteria we're supposed to do. We just went on their advice, and now we're being like not even looked at on the merits because this rejection is like the precedent for every subsequent appeal. And the thing is, like, whatever they're allowed to let people in or not as they please, and we're a little entitled. Like, we're these Americans; we can afford to pay for stuff. We're like, yeah, just let us in. Of course, we deserve to be here. If they don't want to, they don't have to. But I just don't believe in like red tape and bureaucracy in any, in any venue. Like just like, fuck all this. Let me just talk to the head of this shit and just be like, look, we want to be here. We're going to learn the language. You know, we're into this shit. We love the city. We're like doing all the local stuff. We're not acting like tourists. You know, we want to do this shit. Like, just let us do it. I just, I just want to like talk to someone and say, just fucking let us in. Who gives a shit about all this other bullshit? I would want people from other countries with our attitude toward this country coming to the U S right. I would want foreigners who are like, yeah, I really want to soak up some of this American culture, learn what they do, go to a baseball game, really kind of mingle in, not just go to fucking Times square and take selfies, you know, but like do shit. Um, of course I'd want people like that coming to the U S right. So I just assume they want the same. Yeah. Contribute to the economy and, and, and all that. But, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to, Prove that, though, right? I mean, what, what's the next well, no, step? You, you show them your tax returns and all that shit. Like, hey, we can afford this. Like, we're not going to be, like, on the dole, like, just sucking up your very nice health care, although the health care is way better here. That's, <laughs> our health care is a fucking joke. But anyway, um, <laughs> bottom line, I'm still going to send some letters and do some shit because I always think, like, just talk to the person who can make a decision. You know, I feel like... I'm in like the decision phone tree level. Like, you know, when you're like on the phone with like direct TV and they fuck up your account and you're trying to get something done and the low level person just can't make it. They're like, sorry, sir. It's policy, blah, blah. And you got to get the supervisor on the line, right? Who can just yes, like, Oh no, 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 no. He's got to talk to the right person. That's all bullshit here. We got it fixed. Right. There's like 10 people who say no and you get the one right person and they fix it. So that's where I'm in now, but I got to face reality. Like the odds are probably like, 15 percent 1585 against right now i would say of us staying so plan b is portugal heather's like doing all this stuff it's a real pain in the ass but she's dealing with it so we're gonna maybe be in lisbon portugal for nine months yeah because you you have a only a certain certain countries will 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 take you now right it's not just germany right it's it's it's, yeah you can't can't do any of these schengen i mean you could but like spain we would have done and probably could have got in but you need to apply from your home consulate so we had to fly back that's just a non-starter. We're not flying back to apply. So right. Portugal, you could do it by mail. And Portugal's pretty chill. Lisbon's half an hour from the beach. It's super, like, it's different. You know, Berlin is like a world-class city. Berlin's like New York, Berlin, London, Paris, Tokyo. You know what I mean? It's like world-class. It's like the culture. Everything is like, it's like a serious city with shit going on and shit to do. Lisbon is yep. not that, right? But Lisbon is supposedly very chill, and it'll be a little different. But whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm pissed. I mean, look, I... I thought this shit was going to be easy and we're going to live here. We already set up everything. It's all working work-wise. It's going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass, but fuck it. You know, it's an adventure. I'm going to another place. It is an adventure, exactly. Yeah, my, my grandpa's Portuguese. My, my wife has um, his grandparents that are Portuguese. So, um, yeah, it'll, be, uh, it'll definitely be an adventure, and I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. But um, that does suck. You love the, the, the place you guys are ah, hold so, up. D- and it's so I chill. Mean, it's so chill, you, man. I think you thought all along deep down that it was all going to work out. So that, that, that definitely does. Yeah, I thought, suck. you know, come on, man. I'm an entitled American citizen. I think I can do whatever the fuck I want. Of course they're going to take me, right? <laughs> I'm spending Is my money's not good here, dude. What the fuck? You know, but it's not. They don't give a shit. They just don't. They're not desperate. Well, Their economy's pretty good here. Like, you know, they don't, they're not desperate for, for, for me or, uh, or my kind.
You're Chris motherfucking list too. I mean, come I on. Know. What the fuck? I, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's, uh, I'm not, I'm pissed about it because I want to send Sasha to the school down the block. And now that's, you need a voucher for that shit. And now it, it's just like, you know, we got to get her. Anyway, that's one thing. Okay. Two, um, I follow a lot of political people on Twitter, and a lot of them are really good. Um, this guy, Michael Tracy, I would highly recommend following him. He's just, he's just telling it like it is. And, and there's a lot of guys like that that I follow. But sometimes I follow these guys who quote and tweet a lot of really douchebag people to make a point or that they're in like a feud with. So there's always this like douchey person and the cool person I follow. And like, you know, they're always quoting them. And sometimes like I'll go down the rabbit hole of like, getting on that douchey person's timeline and reading it and then seeing some of the super douchebags that like compliment them and then getting on their timeline and just working myself into a rage of like, who the fuck are these people? They're so whack. These people are so stupid and just so whack and so, so sheep and like the worst people, just the worst people. And I just, I don't know why I should just not even do it, but I go down, I go into it. I get involved in their timeline. I don't comment because I, I know better. I might start to type something snarky, and then I'm like, no, don't even engage this person. This person is not even intellectually honest. There's no point in saying a goddamn thing to this person. Do you ever do that? Get on Twitter, and like, even if it's sports, like somebody's obviously a douchebag by their timeline, and you just start to read it and just engage with it in some way? Well, I don't engage, actually. I do, and I've, I've done exactly what you're saying. I've started to type something, and I say, why am I, like, going to get in the back and forth here? Like, what is the what is the point? Am I going to change their mind? Is this going to get me more enraged? So, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Not so much politics like you, but something will really irritate me that's said, and maybe even, even, even worse when it is someone you actually like and respect more so than some random person on the Internet. But – but I, I typically do not get in the back and forth um, on the internet. So no, I, just, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean like get into a uh, flame war with them. I just mean like go into the timeline and start getting yourself more enraged by reading all the stupid shit they say uh, and yeah, obviously yeah. think. Absolutely, I do. I've done that. Yes, I do do that at times. Okay. Yes. It's just funny. Like, they, like, what is the purpose of that? I don't know. I do that a lot. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Morbid like, curiosity. It's just morbid curiosity to see how the other side thinks. It's just, but it's I don't not know. Like, it's not like I go to Republicans. It's like I, I go to people who are just stupid, who just buy the stupid shit and then argue for it. And then especially argue in the most douchey way, like a totally intellectually dishonest way. They're just trying to win. They're just trying to show the people that follow them that they got a zinger in. They're not actually trying to get to the heart of the matter at all. You know, they're just dishonest. And I just get into it. And I'm like, what a fucking douchebag. Yeah, I, I wish you would uh, engage and I could and I would <laughs> I'll happily read the, the downfall. So let's talk a little sports. Not that I really give a shit, but oh, first off, what the fuck with those Olympic dudes in Brazil to, uh, pretending to be mugged at gunpoint, and one of them skipping the country, and the other guys then getting their passports confiscated? Does anybody know what the fuck happened there? It's a really, really bizarre story. I mean, it's actually in any, in some way underrated right now. It's really weird. I mean, Ryan Lochte's got to be glad he got out of Dodge. I mean, he's he's here back in America and. Those other two were pulled literally off the flight. I mean, they were about ready to leave. This is bizarre. I, I don't know. I mean, it, their, their stories are different. Um, there's footage of them laughing when they got home. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't robbed. But one person said there was one fake police officer. Another said there were multiple. And I don't, I don't really know why they would. Maybe they're covering up something else. I know Lochte said he, was, he didn't originally report it to police because he was worried he'd get in trouble for being out drinking. But he, he was already done with all the events. So who cares in, in that aspect? I don't know. It's a very bizarre story. 
Yeah, I, I don't right. I can't. There's obviously an explanation. Something happened that they they don't want people to know, and so they thought that this robbery story would be some kind of cover up for it. And I was trying to think what could have happened. Here's one. You see the movie Very Bad Things? Y- yes, I have. A long time ago. It was a dark movie. Hold I, on, hold on. There's actually breaking news, uh, or fairly breaking. It looks like uh, I'm recording this uh, Thursday morning, uh, my time, at about 8 a.m., and it says that uh, there's a, a ABC's reporting that the, the Brazil sources are saying that Ryan Lochte and three swim- swimmers fabricated, fa- fabricated the robbery story, and there's video showing the swimmer fighting with a security guard at a gas station. Okay, so, but what, I mean, so they got into a scuffle at a gas station and that, they made this huge lie because of that? Yeah, you'd think there'd need to be a little bit more than that, right? Right. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Did they, like, kill the guy and put his body behind a dumpster or something? Yeah, yeah, there's got to be there's got to be more to it, like, as you said, like, like the movie. There's, you would think there'd be more to it, it than just that. So- it just sounds like... Why make up that huge lie unless something really bad happened? I mean, that seems that's very extreme to go to the police with something. You do not involve the police in a in a matter of partying unless, like, you are really think about how extreme. Let's say you and I are out partying and it gets out of hand and something bad happens, and our solution somehow involves telling the police a certain story. No, I think I think that's part of the reason that the police think it's bullshit is because they didn't report it. They just told other they just told other people. Oh, I see. And then the police came to investigate it. Yeah, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, why didn't you call us then if something like this happened?" I think that is the the issue. Is that oh, they I see. Did so, not. so of course they did not want the police involved. Exactly. And the police got involved once the media got hold of the story about them being robbed at gunpoint. Then it became exactly. a criminal matter that they had to pursue. Exactly. Interesting. Well, you I watch just Olympics? you watching much of the Olympics? Almost none. I watched almost. the like the beginning, and it was like from the German point of view, it was all these German athletes, right? And then they have, we have some like US TV, but it's kind of a pain to get, and I haven't really watched it, man. Have you watched anything? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, I've, I've been watching you know US basketball. They at least air that live during the day, but it's taped. Even though it's only four hours ahead of the West Coast, it's still tape delayed, and it, they want to air it on prime time. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's hard in today's day and age, if you're on the Internet, not to know what, what happened in right. all these events. So NBC, it's really, I, what, I've just suck, been right? DVRing it, and Frank, there's a lot of commercials. So I've just been fast-forwarding quite a bit. I like the girls' gymnastics. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, you Michael, would. Phelps, well, the Michael Phelps was pretty cool, you know, going crazy, coming out of retirement and, and all that. But track and field I'm not as into. And, yeah, you know, I fast-forward and watch it here and there. But um, not, I'm not too much into it. I mean, you think about Usain Bolt, right? It's like the difference between me and Usain Bolt is way less than the difference between Usain Bolt and a cheetah. Right. It's not even close. <laughs> like, for a cheetah, he and I are basically the same speed. Like, it doesn't, they wouldn't even barely distinguish between the two of us. Yeah, okay. All right. I guess that makes sense. We just sense. constitute yeah. prey, easy prey. Yeah, yeah. Bolt, Bolt is pretty pretty crazy is how he doesn't even try the final the final 20 meters of his of his race. Germany, by the way, made the, they're in the finals of women's soccer, so maybe there'll be some buzz there. That, that's uh, tomorrow. Well, who's it against, like Australia or somebody? Uh, Sweden, who beat U.S. I mean, you, our U.S. Women's, women's team had made like four straight – I don't think they've ever not made the gold medal round, and they lost in, um, in the quarterfinals to the Sweden team, and then they went on – The cowardly on, Sweden team? Was exactly, it a cowardly one? They parked one? the bus. Yeah, they parked the bus and just played all defense and won in a – the first uh, penalty kicks ever in the women's Olympics, and they won their next match, and now they're so they're versus uh, Germany tomorrow. So maybe there'll be 
somebody see first i know you're not a big soccer guy but but women's is actually entertaining and the guys no one no one gives a shit about in the olympics because it's 21 and under so it's not even it's not like the world cup i mean it's it's, it's all the best, like the players, best players in the world basically exactly so the women's is way way more interesting than the men's in soccer so so yeah you're there and they're in the finals gold gold medal match tomorrow yeah um i would i don't i'm not really saying the sweden team is cowardly i just heard that the u.s goalie was talking shit right after the match which is like you don't do that you're not supposed to do that right it's called call the other team coward that just beat you speaking of the men's i didn't even realize that but like i said i've been paying attention but they face brazil in, in the gold medal match as well saturday so both german soccer teams are in the gold medal match yeah, I, 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 here's my prediction for the score, 7-1 Germany. So, you know, NFL, I've done a couple drafts. I think I'm done with my drafts, shockingly. I don't think I have any more drafts between now and the end of the year. Maybe in, unless Funston does a quick friends and family. Yeah, I've got to get on him for that. But, um, wow, really, that's funny. I, mine are all, like, all most majority of mine I haven't even done yet. Uh, they're, they're very much so toward, toward closer to kickoff. Do you like doing them earlier? I like it early. I, I think I have an advantage just – getting like the uncertainty right like it's not like anybody knows what's going to happen but i think people presume they know things that aren't known and the earlier you do it the less solid some of those presumptions are and so you can kind of take advantage of people's certainty it's like people are drafting kelvin benjamin too early in my opinion because they think oh he's the number one guy but they don't know that right and you may know that he ends up not being that by week three or four of the preseason or he may be, but, you know, it's, I'm saying there's a chance that he's not, and they find that out later. Or doing the Stopa League, I got Aaron Foster for three bucks because people didn't know where he was going to sign. But he was going to sign somewhere. So I think you can take advantage of the uncertainty and make a profit off of it if you feel like you have a handle on that generally. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just counting right now, and I still have 10 leagues to draft. Wow. Um, I've been 13 this year, and uh, 10 of them haven't even happened I've, yet. I've so. done like eight or nine already. Yeah, yeah. So we're, um, yeah. That's that's I may, obvious. I may sign up for some. You know, I've gotten a couple free NFFC beat Chris List ones, but I may pay for a couple. And I'm not doing the Vegas one, which I usually do right before the season, for obvious reasons. It's too big of a trip. Right, so, right, um, right. Yeah. The three, um, yeah. Actually, the three that I've already done, we're in them all together. We share the legal leagues. I counted that as the supplemental, and then the the Brad Evans one and the Stopa. Those are those are the only ones I've done. But yeah, I try to for the NFFC. I'm in a couple. I'm in the uh, Rotowire one and um, a big primetime, you know, big money one. And I, I really do feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I tried to put that draft date closer to, to kickoff as possible just because I didn't want to spend that amount of money and then have some injury happen, you know, before the season even starts. That would have, you know, that would have just Well, what if the injury is, what if you have, say, Wendell Smallwood and the injury is to Ryan Matthews? Or you have Paul Perkins and the injury is to Rashad. I mean, injury happening could be great for you. Yeah, that's true, especially when you're like uh, when there's a, a you know a grand prize too. Maybe you want more volatility because you need some luck to actually you know to win. That's the what big, I mean. You big. play the volatility yeah. game. You get like ten yeah. reserve backs, and you think, okay, there's a month for someone to get hurt. Yeah, that's true. That that, that is. That's what I'm trying also, to say is like it doesn't really matter. And you know, yeah, you could get unlucky and lose a player, but that can happen in week one or two anyway. It doesn't really make any difference. I'm also in this inaugural. I was invited by these uh, pro football focus guys, and, and also Rotoviz. That guy Sean Siegel, who mm-hmm. um, not invented, but you know, he popularized uh, zero RB is in this. It's a it's a developmental dynasty league, and I've never been in something like this. Is because we actually draft um, college players, but we don't get their stats. It's just like a minor league feeder system, like say for baseball. So that's especially crazy though for football because it's so dependent on context you know what team right situation you land in so that's a little bit cr- even crazier than say baseball but you're, you're drafting just, college players 
Yes, and you just keep them on like your your reserve, you know, for for next year. Right. You, you don't get college stats. You just get them. You own their rights for whatever when they enter right. the NFL. And right. I don't follow college that much, so I've actually enlisted RotoWire's own Mario. You know, Puig is it Puig or Puig? Puig, Puig. like Yasiel Puig. Yeah. It is. Are they related? Uh, no, I was unfortunately. But anyway, I got Mario to help. I got Mario to help me out on the uh, the whole college aspect. So that should be interesting. Though. I've never done anything whatsoever like that. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, Mario really knows the shit with college. He really does. Oh yeah, I know. I know he knows a lot more than me. So he said it helped me out. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he'll be a good resource. Speaking of Yahoo friends and family, um, I know you were talking some Yang a couple of weeks ago, but oh, oh. holy shit, dude! I'm it may this may cost you five hundred. I'm re- I'm knocking on the door for first place now. Yeah, you say that in case people don't don't follow, you know, as intently as they should our bets that we make. Um, right. Yeah, there's, everybody there's follows them very intently. I don't. I can't imagine somebody not knowing every bet that we have. Yeah, the the, the yeah, you're right. That idea does seem preposterous, but it is possible one or two fell under the cracks. That's true. But um, yeah. So the point is that if you, it's not we made a you know one on one bet, but also that loser has to pay an, an extra amount if the other actually wins the league. And just two short weeks ago, I was ahead of you in third place, and you were in like seventh. And now I'm in seventh, and you are two and a half points out of first. That's not that's not good for me. Yeah, actually, I was in eleventh place about eight weeks ago, and I just had this precipitous drop. Now, the one thing is, like, I've been doing well. I did something stupid right before I went to bed. I was like, "Oh shit!" I left Dylan Bundy in against the Red Sox, and I knew it was a mistake. I don't even need strikeouts. And I was like, "Ah, it's too late. The game started." And I wake up this morning, and I'm like, "Yep, he got shelled." But I have, you know, my other pitchers did well. I'm poised to move up in saves. My stolen bases. It's like even though Billy, I Hansen, see. I saw your stolen bases like the last week is just absurd. You get like six a day. Yeah, I, I had Billy Hamilton going crazy. Then he's hurt now, but H- Jose Ramirez is going crazy, and Keon Broxton is going Brockton. crazy. I, I saw. Brockton. It's like I can't I even. I'm like I need runs and ribbies, and I'm just getting steals instead. I'm like I just need some runs. The other problem is luckily Miguel Cabrera's back, but Miguel Sano is banged up. I lost Trevor Story. Billy Hamilton's banged up. It's like, come on, guys. You just got to make it to the finish line here. I'm going to win this league because I'm way down in innings, so I'm going to pick up points and wins, maybe a couple more points and wins. And strikeouts, I'm already at the top, so I can't move up, luckily for you. but Oh, man, and you have Rich Hill on the deal. If that guy's the worst blister in the history of the world ever gets healed, he could go nuts on the Dodgers. <clears throat> man, what a – got, you got Bumgarner. I'm actually going to be at that game tonight against DeGrom and the Mets. But, man, the Giants have just been the worst team in baseball since the All-Star break, and the Dodgers – have actually had the best record in the National League since uh, Clayton Kershaw made his last appearance. So that has been a pretty uh, a terrible, you know, speaking of bad turn of events for uh, for myself, that hasn't been very fun either. My Giants fallen fallen bad to the Dodgers, but they're still they're still leading the wild card. But um, we'll see. But Bumgarner, I'm going to be rooting for your player tonight. I'll tell you that much. I think he'll have a big game. He's such a – I trust that dude so much in those spots especially. Like I just think – He's going to buckle down and have a good game against the Dodgers. Yeah, no, you said it before the season. I mean, you you, you treated him as a, a easy top five fantasy starter, and you said he's one of the safest. I mean, you you. I, I, I said it's him and Kershaw. I mean, it's Kershaw's number one, and, and Bumgarner's mini Kershaw because right. he's not quite as much upside, but he's that level of reliability in just a slightly lower. You know, he's still great. And yeah, the only, Kersh- the only difference between the only difference between Bumgarner and Kershaw is one of them is good in the postseason. <laughs> That's right, and one of them can hit. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Kershaw's that bad at hitting, but he's not as good as Bumgarner. No, but I'm saying if you had one starter to pick for one game to win a World Series and Kershaw was injured in the major leagues, who would it be? Oh, he'd be on the short list, absolutely. Right? Yeah, Bumgarner. He's like Jose good. Fernandez or Scherzer. I don't know. I mean, there's not that many guys. 
Yeah, I mean, the relief appearance in Game 7, one day with one day rest, when he threw five innings, when most people were saying it's crazy to even ask him to pitch one inning, was, I mean, that's just, that that should not be forgotten. Like, I mean, that was one of the craziest. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be forgotten. All right. Yeah, I want to make sure it's not, so I want to keep it. I don't think, I don't think, I think when he goes to the Hall of Fame, that's going to be one of the first things on the resume that they show. It's kind of like my immigration, right? If I had something like that, I would get let in. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's true. That's all you got to do. So, it, it, would be, it would be like if I disrupted a terrorist attack or something like that, you know, that was happened. I, and I single-handedly saved a bunch of lives, and I put that on my immigration status. They'd be like, okay, come on in. Yeah, you, yeah, you do need to do something heroic or I, something. I can, in the like, next stage point. one and then disrupt it is what I should do. Yeah, yeah. It's like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Remember when Larry, he tried to stage a robbery and then heroically uh, break it up? Do you remember that? Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Um, all right. It's been like five years, but they're actually going to make a season nine. I'm very, uh, very excited. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Yeah, I was, I was watching some of the uh, Arrested Developments that came out way later. They made like a, seri- yeah. a season. On Netflix. Yeah, that like, you know, and it was funny. It was, it was good. Like there was some really funny shit, but it was like, it was way more polished. You know, it wasn't the original series. It was just like right. way more like, okay, put real money into this now. And it's, it's a little, it was a little different. Yeah. Agreed. It was still. I think they might even, it was they're good. going to do actually another one. Yeah, it was good. No, it's a funny show. They're going to do another one actually too. Okay. They're going to do another. Okay, so the other thing I want to talk about is you know how like you start out in July with your rankings, and I don't like to change too much. And maybe we talked about this before, but the one guy that I have moved the needle on significantly is David Johnson. I feel like David Johnson, if you took him number one overall, I mean in PPR it's just so hard to go away from Antonio Brown and Beckham, but David Johnson to me is just. It's not even close who the number one and the number two running back is. It's like he's clearly the number one running back. He's basically he's number one in mind. I mean, unsuspended Le'Veon Bell with no in- injury history. I would love to see um, Todd Gurley on a good team. He's he's one thing about Todd Gurley that people I feel like have forgotten is when he was ridiculously good as a rookie last year, he was coming off major knee surgery. I yep. mean, imagine imagine him fully healthy. But but given the, their situations. Um, and the fact that David Johnson's is such a superior receiver. I mean, he is just so good as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. I mean, I, I get the, the trepidation as far as the, such a small track record taking someone number one overall, but that's what happens in fantasy football. I mean, even Ezekiel Elliott is rightfully going in the, you know, the right. top eight picks. What about Arian Foster, Jamal Charles those years, coming off a short sample at the end of the previous year? And then they were right. you know, two of the best backs in the last six years. Happens all Arizona. the time. Arizona with Sean Brown, Michael Floyd, I mean, Fitz, Fitzgerald, like that offense. I mean, they, they scored the second most points per game in the league last year, and their schedule isn't even overly tough because um, things broke their way, and I think they're going to go crazy offensively. I'm with you. David Johnson just could, could go crazy, especially from the, the yardage standpoint, and I'm not too worried about Chris Johnson whatsoever. So I, I'm with you. And, and in these um, you know, NFFC leagues where receivers fly off the board, the thing is – is he catches the ball so much, and there's so few running backs that are workhorses and catch the ball. Right. I could see an argument for him number one overall easily. Well, he may get 2,300 yards from scrimmage. He could, you know, I mean, a receiver, right. no matter how sick Antonio Brown is, maybe he gets 1,800. That's great. That's exactly. 500 yards fewer than what David Johnson could get. And if David Johnson gets 60 catches and Antonio Brown gets 120, you know, the yardage, the receiving yardage, I mean, the total yards from scrimmage basically makes up for the receptions, and then you get more touchdown capacity from a running back than you do from Antonio Brown, who's not a red zone guy, not like an elite red zone guy. 
And I think uh, David Johnson has a legitimate chance to outscore Brown. You know, I would still take Brown ahead of him because in PPR because it's just – it's like you're going to get 110-catch floor, 1,500 yards, and 8, 10, 10 touchdowns, just floor, just in the back. And his pace with Ben Roethlisberger uh, last year yeah, was just ridiculous. Broke every like, record. It's like it's, yeah, like, like 160 catches or something. Yeah, just for like 2,100 yards and like 12 touchdowns. You know, the, the other guy, too, there's three guys who just, to me, are just the three guys you got to get. And the other one's Beckham. Beckham is torching. Like, Janoris Jenkins, they brought him in, they overpaid, but he's still a good corner. He is lighting those guys up, him and Dominic Rogers Cromartie, who's also good. They can't even guard him. He's gotten better. He's, like, worked on his route running in this offseason. He's become a crisper route runner. And this guy's Odell Beckham. If he gets 170, 175 targets like he should or more, I mean, he, he's just going to break. He's going to just break the game. Yeah, you know what would be really sick, like the sickest thing ever, is if someone had Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham on the same fantasy team. No, that's not possible. But you know what would be really stupid if they did that in a half PPR instead of a full PPR? <laughs> Of course, I'm talking about the Mark Stopa League where there's an $11,000 prize at the end, and I, I bought both ODB yeah, I, and... Yeah, I, li- I like that a lot. I, I, I do. I mean, it's just those guys are just... You know, I mean, look, someone else probably okay. will have a year like that, but right. those two guys are just... It's money in the bank if they're, if they're healthy, and the ceiling is just such a high floor and such a high ceiling. I mean, it just really... There's really no... Negative to it. Um, well, now you're jinxing me, but yeah. And I came up with Devonta Freeman and Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pleased how that uh, I, I turned out. I still like my team better though. I, I do like that you did that, but my team. It's like Allen Robinson. The word on him has just been stellar this whole offseason. Oh, yeah, Brandon I, Cooks, I, yeah. you know, is just a monster. And then I got Hilton and Moncrief and Dorsett. So, a couple right. of those guys are going to go off because Andrew. I actually. Yeah. I really like Hilton Cooks and Allen Robinson. Those three, those three, I, I think are all wide receiver ones. They're all top twelve for me. I, I really like that. Right, and like, and and I have Foster for three bucks in that league. Oh man, jeez. Right, yeah, that's and not... so like it's like I and I even fucked up right because I I got drunk and then the the money wasn't right and I screwed up and didn't spend more money on Gio Bernard or or maybe uh, Devontae Parker who I could have got, but. I still really like the team, and, uh, and I've got Jameis Winston and Kirk Cousins as my two QBs. I just love those two guys, so I feel pretty good. You know who I actually like? I wrote a little sleeper column recently. Yeah, I saw that. saw that. And I kind of like in a two-QB league or a QB flex, Sam Bradford. I was looking at it, and they got Jordan Matthews. They got Zach Ertz. They just got Daryl Green Beckham, and who knows if they'll use him, but he could be all Sean Jeffrey, I mean, immediately if they use him. They've got Sproles and Ryan Matthews, who both catch passes. And Bradford's last three games, he threw for more than 300 yards in each of them. I know it was under Chip Kelly, but still. I mean, he, he's not that bad. And the Eagles, their D may be pretty good, but it may not be that good. And so I, I don't know. I, I just think, again, in a 12-team league with one QB, there's no point in drafting him whatsoever. But as like that extra QB, I think he's being totally treated like you know one of those Bridgewater, although you can make a case for him too, but treated like at the bottom of the barrel. And I think he might belong more in the Flacco tier. It's possible, but the, he might be that bad is uh, the flip side is the thing. I mean, but I guess not, Wentz now. He's not that bad. Wentz, Whenever he plays, he's okay. He's not that bad. Wentz fractured his ribs, so he's going to be even more behind the eight ball than he already was going to be. So that, that, that helps as I mean, far Bradford as. Bradford will get hurt, obviously, so it won't really matter, yeah. all this conversation. But when he plays, he's like seven yards per attempt. He throws... You know, he, he had 19 touchdowns in 14 games on a shitty team. 
You know, maybe he's on a pace for 22 basically last year. You know, he's not great, but like he's he's like Flacco to me, at least in the given in the certain in the situations they're both in. Yeah, um, I have a few things to throw at you football wise. First of all, I will say the a couple guys you had me reevaluate on this uh, article you wrote. One was Mike Wallace. I mean, everyone he's kind of everyone's punching bag, so he's pretty much free. And he what was it a, a Two years ago, he scored ten touchdowns. I mean, he's he still actually does you know have some. He's thirty, I, but he's fast and he's not that big, so he's probably going to age decently. And he scored eight or more touchdowns four times in his career. And he's and it, probably. It, the, I mean, Kamar Aiken might be the number one guy. They brought Mike Wallace in. Kamar Aiken's never really been anybody. He had like a he was number one for half a season with zero competition for targets last year. Okay, that's fine. But if he's free, Mike Wallace may get one hundred ten targets. Yeah, and it seems like Baltimore has a crowded, uh, you know, group of receivers. But really, it's it's uh, Steve Smith, who's 37. I love him. I never want to doubt him. But I mean, I guess the Achilles rupture was ex- to the absolute extreme. Kamar Aiken is a kind of a ham and agram, I mean, and I like him as a cheap option. I mean, don't get me wrong, but but whatever. And then uh, who knows about Richard Perryman? Who knows? So Flacco's got an absolute howitzer of an arm. So I, I could see uh, not not the worst late late flyer. Also, Andre Williams. I don't want to make the same mistake we did with. Yasiel Puig, but I did like that picture that you that you have with him training with the martial arts teacher. He looks yo. No, no, no. That, that picture was from last year when he sucked, though. That really jacked <laughs> picture. He was too jacked, and then he like changed his workout. Oh, okay, all right. Well, maybe that's from not thirteen then, but... months ago. But the dude was crazy yoked. The dude made Yasiel Puig look like Lance Berkman. You know? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. but no, but um, he looked like a bodybuilder and. So apparently he trained with this martial arts guy, lost 20 pounds, and like got all these like internal muscles strengthened and looks way quicker in camp. Now, he can still get cut. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's Andre Williams. But he said he was mentally and physically fatigued at times last year, and it, it was part of the reason he's a bad pass. Who knows? It might just be that personal interest bullshit that doesn't mean anything. But, look, Rashad Jennings, nobody's predicting him to keep the job for 16 games and stay healthy. And if and when he goes down, it's going to be either Andre Williams or Paul Perkins. It's going to be one of those two guys, and everybody's picking Perkins, and understandably, but it could be Andre Williams. And if he's, you know, it doesn't take that much to be a great running back. And if he's, you know, gotten more spry and another year of experience, who knows? It's a reach, but this is sort of a list of guys for when you're out of ideas. You know, when you get into like round 16, and you're well, yeah. like, eh, I don't want to take my kicker yet, but who's, who's left? Yeah, isn't the NFFC's 20 rounds, right? Right. No, it happens to me all the time. You you need ideas in the last three rounds in between your kicker and D. Yeah, no, in a very similar vein, uh, one other guy on your list I wanted to to talk about is Robert Turbin because no one thinks Gore – I mean, Gore's 33, which might as well be 100 as running backs go. And, I I mean, I I love Gore, and he's remarkably stayed very healthy the the later stage of his career more than the early stages. But – you want to be tied to that offense. I know they're not the greatest run blocking, but there should be plenty of red zone opportunities with the healthy luck. And and who everyone's just saying, you know, Josh Ferguson, he's undrafted. Who knows Josh Ferguson? I mean, but but Robert Turbin, as you mentioned, 26 years old, 225 pounds, and he ran a 4-4-2-40. So he and he's absolutely free. I mean, he you could have him on any waiver wire, I would imagine. So he's another interesting guy who could find himself in a very, uh, you know, positive situation. Yeah, that's the one that's weird that nobody's drafting at all. I mean, Josh Ferguson. I mean, who the fuck is that? And then the other guy I really like is Carlos Williams, who was he wasn't just he was great last year. And LaShawn McCoy, everyone's I, I see a lot of the sabermetric rotoviz guys like loving McCoy. Oh, it'll be a huge volume. And, you know, that that offense is perfect for him. And 
all right, that's fine. But to me, he's one of my top candidates to break down. That guy is a heavy workload guy who's had some declines in performance before uh, after the big workloads. And, man, I, I just think McCoy is a very dangerous player to have, more so than the younger backs. And Carlos Williams suspended four games, but McCoy tears an ACL in week three. You know, week five, Carlos Williams may be the, you know, a top ten back. Yeah, the thing with McCoy is that he's, you think he's been in the league forever, but he's still just, um, he just turned 28 just recently. But um, sometimes he gets taken out in the goal line. And uh, Carlos Williams is a guy who was so impressive as a rookie, setting records, whatever he scored in the first six games he played. I um, I had him, you know, a month ago before this came out that he, you know, smoked weed and, and, and ate all offseason next to his pregnant wife. I um, I had him as like a 25th or 26th ranked running back just because I thought the upside was massive. Like he was going to get 8 to 10 carries, and if McCoy got hurt, he'd be a top five back. So I've buried him in my ranking since because of all this this stuff. But, but yeah, the upside could still be there. If he takes these four games off to get in shape, he could be a total difference maker over the second half of the year. I have a couple rapid-fire things I'm going to throw at you. Wait, wait, so, wait, real quick, real quick, a couple things, though, on that topic. Um, first of all, Carlos Williams shows that if you're going to smoke weed, keep healthy foods in the house because you, you, need, you know you're going to eat something, but you don't want to be eating shit. That's the, that's the mistake he made. Keep, keep some carrots, some fruit maybe, some cottage cheese, something more healthy. Secondly, uh, McCoy's only 28, but... How old was McCoy, do you think, in 2009 when he uh, was a rookie and got 155 carries? He was like 20, right? 20, right. Right. Some of these dudes come in at age 22, 23. Right. right. This dude came in at 20. So keep that in mind when you say he's only 28. You know, his body sure. is 30, 31. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, real, real quick, I have a couple things to throw at you. So I have Odell Beckham, uh, number two wide receiver, comfortably. But I have seen people argue – you know, in PPR, you know, how could you take him over Julio Jones, who had literally 40 more catches last year? 40. But Jones doesn't get in the end zone nearly as much. He's um, obviously uh, uh, older and um, seemingly always hobbled. So I think you're going to agree with me saying you'd still take Beckham in, in full point PPR, even though there might literally be a 40 point difference in catches. Yeah. First off, Julio Jones had 203 targets that's almost certainly going to regress to like 180 or something like that. That's like so such an outlier number. The year before he had 163 in 15 games. Keep in mind Beckham had about 160 or something like that in 15 games also. Okay, so Beckham and Beck, Julio's 2014 numbers in terms of targets were exactly the same as Beckham's. So he has this crazy outlier year at age 26. So that's one thing. Two, I think Julio is maybe slightly on the decline now. You know, he had his – it's kind of like he peaked last year, but he's at that stage where he's still at his peak, but he's – you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking at the curve, it's probably just near the top but slightly on the way down. And Beckham is still on the way up toward the very top. And so I think sometimes you don't really look at – you know, look, if, if you want to draft last year's stats, yeah, give me Julio Jones if we're just picking last year's stats. But we're picking the player, and I think there's some – you know, I, I like to get the ascendant guy when it's reasonably close. Okay, well, I agree with you. I think Beckham, one of these years, is just going to go crazy, like a season for the ages type. So I, I wrote uh, recently on Roto Arcade. Check it out. Follow me on Twitter at Dalton Dalton. Um, a bust article. I want to ask you a couple guys real quick. Sure. Um, add on there. So Adrian Peterson. I know people are going to. First of all, you get more more venom when you talk about people that you know talk poorly about people on their teams, and you do sleepers because everyone wants to hear positive stuff. So you don't. No one wants to hear negative. Um, 
What do you think of Adrian Peterson? Uh, he actually has 2,500 career carries um, if you count the postseason. 31 years old. Obviously, he missed a year, you know, in between in his prime, and uh, he's a physical freak. I mean, who rushes for 2,100 yards a year after tearing their ACL? In nine months he, after tearing ACL. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, but so, he had three, just three catches for 33 yards over the final four games. I've never been a big receiver, even with Norb Turner coming over there. But, man, that could be a sign that he is entering the decline phase. I use the, the adage, I'd rather be a year too soon than a year too late. I just can't see his ADP, according to Fantasy Pros, is actually fifth overall. I just can't see taking a back uh, 2,500 career carries at the fifth overall pick. What are your thoughts? Well, okay, in PPR, it's, that's just stupid. Okay, like that's just stupid. In, is right. he fifth overall in PPR? No, I think that's I think that's okay. The, so he's no, way better in non PPR because he's just capped. He doesn't play on third downs. Jarek McKinnon's going to yeah. be in there on third downs. Like that's just you cannot take a, a player fifth overall that just is, it doesn't play him. He's he's a rich man's Doug Martin. You know, I mean that's just right. it's not you don't take a player like that. You need a three down guy who's going to go two fifty and fifty. I mean you just right. can't even can't even think about it. Now Gurley maybe only catch thirty five forty, but you know Gurley is at his very peak. But it's also in PPR, I don't like Gurley as much either. In non-PPR, I like them both a lot more. But secondly, uh, you look at Peterson, one of the things going for him is there was no de- sign of decline. I think he averaged like 4.7 last year. It's not like one of those guys that, you know, went off the cliff. Now, LaDainian Tomlinson, you can look at like his 27 to 28 year, and he probably had about the same amount of carries that Peterson has now at that point. He had an amazing year with like 4.7 yards per carry, like 20 touchdowns, and he caught like 50 balls for 500 yards and another couple touchdowns. And he averaged 4.7. That was at, like, age 27. His 28-year-old year, he averaged 3.8, got 1,100 yards just on crazy volume, and also had, like, 50 catches. He scored, like, 13 touchdowns or something. And it was, it was, a, it was the year he fell off the cliff, but because it was LaDainian Tomlinson, it still was okay. It wasn't what you had hoped with the number one overall pick, but it was still decent enough. So that was, And then the next year, he just fell off a cliff completely. And so Peterson, with this 4.7, I think the risk – um, unless he gets hurt, obviously, is the Tomlinson cliff where he still gets 260 carries, 280 carries, but he's at 3.8, and he scores nine or ten touchdowns. But there's no receiving yards to bolster him, right? So it's like 25 for 200, maybe less, 25 for 180. Um, and that's sort of the downside. I still think it's a pretty good floor in non-PPR, and I'm not worried that he collapses because, again, there's really no sign of a, of a, of a collapse. And he's not only a freak athlete, but he's a freak workaholic. Right, Tomlinson was a freak workaholic and a great athlete, but he wasn't the athlete that Peterson is. Right, He wasn't the physical freak that Peterson is. I think Peterson has a pretty decent floor because he's going to get the work even if he declines to the point where, okay, he's no longer Peterson. And so in non-PPR, I think he's reasonably safe. In PPR, I just I don't see the ceiling, and so why would you do it? Okay, fair enough. And, and I could be totally proven wrong. It just seems like it's stacked against him with that that much mileage on on his tires and also schedule uh, the schedule talk real quick you know they face a, a first place schedule the, the vikings they won that division last year and i know that, that it's a reshuffle league and things change and it's difficult to project uh, how teams defenses are going to be but that's often why teams uh, don't repeat as division winners is because then they face a first place schedule the next year that that stuff does matter and you brought it up last week and i actually wrote about it a little because you said that the, you know, Drew Brees was was very mediocre pedestrian on the road last year, and two of his home games this year are against the Seahawks and the Broncos. And I looked even further into it. Do you know that they also face the Panthers at home? 
Right. So that's three of their eight well, home games. Well, obviously, oh, I, yeah, well, obviously they face the Panthers at home because that's in their division, right? So right. they have to. Right, but I mean, but I didn't think of that. I mean, there, right. there was that, that secondary was arguably, you know, the best. Well, they they lost year. Norman, though, so, like, yes. I, I actually wouldn't worry about him against the Panthers at home. But, yeah, but I now, part of, they did lose Norman, but part of the reason the secondary is good because it, the front seven is so right. good. I mean, yeah. that, you know, that. That factors that. And but so the Saints were historically bad defensively last year, right? Like just crazy bad. Both I think they allowed the most yards per carry and yards per attempt uh, passing. And just just awful. Do you realize that um your boy uh Jameis Winston faces the Saints in weeks fourteen and sixteen? Nice, nice. That's okay. I'm gonna take home that Stopa money finally. I mean how unless sick I get, is that? unless I get bounced in week fifteen. Right, but how sick is that? He's like the anti-Julio Jones. Remember last year he had to face Norman in 14 and 16? No, but he this torched year, Norman, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But, I'm yes, on paper that didn't look great, though. P- people were worried about, you know, trying to trade him. This right. year the Bucks get to face a historically bad defense. Even if they regress positively, they're still looking as one of the worst in the NFL two times in the three-game uh, fantasy playoffs. That's pretty good. I, I one last player. This year. I think the Bucks have a shot to make the playoffs. I, I, think, I, I think this team may be on the right catch the right wave here with Evans and Sims and and Jameis yeah. Winston and and I think Safarian Austin Safarian Jenkins is like I'm trying to own him in as many places as possible I think that guy is gonna have have a breakout this year yeah I saw he was on your deep sleeper list too I'm gonna yeah. throw one more guy at you I know you have to go soon yep. to get on the uh, XM show okay the final guy I have on my bus list um and, and it seems like obvious I don't know why I'm calling him a bus but the reason I am is because Melvin Gordon everyone saw him have a nice touchdown catch in the yep. first preseason game that's the first time he's reached the end zone as a pro mind you and I agree that obviously there's going to be some TD regression no one has 217 touches and doesn't score last year without some poor luck but the thing is he comes off the field in all passing downs for, for Danny Woodhead and Woodhead had like nearly twice as many red zone carries inside the five he had five carries Melvin Gordon had one last year so if you don't catch the ball you had the uh, 47 running backs that qualified for yards per carry. Gordon's 3.5 ranked right. 46. By the way, who was last was Matt Jones. Um, so Gordon was terrible last year. San Diego can't run block. He doesn't catch the ball. And that was before he had microfracture knee surgery. So I don't get why people are talking themselves into him. I mean, my colleague Brad Evans loves him. His ADP right now is 25th running back off the board. This just seems preposterous to me. What are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon? I'm way more with you. I mean, they like him because of the pedigree. He was drafted first round for a reason, and they think, okay, now he's got a year under his How belt. Those Wisconsin backs that put up big numbers in college flamed out in, in the pros? I don't know. He just seemed like a system guy maybe. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, just, just think about it. Like, it, it's shown that rookies, they don't get a lot of opportunity, rookie running backs, but when they do, they get the highest yards per carry of their careers. If you're Matt Jones or Melvin Gordon and you're not doing it rookie year on a per carry basis, you probably don't have it. It's possible that you could bounce back. Some backs have had bad starts to their careers and made it. But those two guys, I don't want any part of them. And, you know, that, that touchdown was so misleading. It was just a little throw out in the flat. He was wide open. Wide open. Okay yeah. speed. He ran. And then he broke one tackle at like the five-yard line and flew into the end zone. That meant nothing to me. That, that, it seems like anybody could have done that in that situation. Yep, totally agree. I'm, All right, I'm, okay. not, I'm, not, I'm not taking uh, either Matt Jones or Melvin Gordon. All right, man, i got to run because the XM show is starting. But thanks for getting up early and doing this. Sure thing, man. This podcast has been brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, there's a special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value. For just 10 bucks. go to FanDuel.com slash RW.
AutoZone presents the Rev Up Your Refund Instant Win Game and Sweepstakes. This tax season is the one way to get the most out of your money. Enter at AutoZoneTaxTime.com for your chance to win $30,000 or other great cash and gift card prizes. It's the perfect way to power right through tax season. So visit your local AutoZone and get the most out of your refund. Let's get you what you need. Terms and conditions apply. For official rules, visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 